Well, we have a very special family member. He's not a guest. Very special family member joining us again today. He hasn't been with us for a while, but for those of you who don't know Pastor Sonny Kanatzer, Pastor Sonny and Pastor Jeff grew up together spiritually and, and ministered together for many, many, many years in Pastor Sonny's dad's church. And Pastor Jeff and Pastor Sonny have, have just ministered for almost 40 years together, somewhere in that range. But, you know, they, they've sown and grown the kingdom of God, and we are so blessed. Now, we also, you notice we have a a great demonstration uh, this morning of gifts of worship and exercising those gifts to be part of worship. And that's part of what Pastor Sonny is going to talk about this morning. So would, this is Ayana. She is the daughter of, where's Tina? I know Tina's over there. Tina, you see her on the big screen. Don't you think she's doing a great job this morning just sharing her gifts with us and blessing us as part of our worship today? And again, that's going to be part of Pastor Sonny's message, and we're right. looking forward to it. So would you help me give a warm welcome to Pastor Sonny Kanatzer? Thank you. That made you say, wow, wow, wow. I'm in the church, in the walls of the church building it is. And for you that are watching online, I'm grateful you can watch online. And it's awesome that we have this technology that we can do that. But I want to tell you something, you that are watching online. It's not the same as being here. I was sitting in my home the other day when it was snowing. And uh, a friend of mine sent me a photo of him sitting by his fireplace with his cup of coffee and his Bible. He said, I'm warming up by the fire. Well, in my home, I don't have a fireplace. So I went to YouTube, and I found a fireplace. I put it up on my screen on my television. I could hear the crackle of the fire. I could see the flames, but I couldn't feel the heat. I couldn't smell the aroma of wood burning. My online experience of a fireplace just wasn't the same. And I began to think about church. I'm grateful that we can have church online. But it's not the same as being here in the house of God. I want to tell you something. I feel the warmth. I can smell the aroma of the worship. And especially worship. Worship wasn't the same at home. Now, when I first started, back a year, can you believe it's been a year? COVID hit. They closed the churches. And I remember waking up on Sunday morning, saying, it's Sunday morning. Get dressed. Get online. Let's have church. Let's worship. Then as time went on, I said to myself, well, there's no reason to get dressed. Nobody's going to see me. And as time went on, I said, there's really no reason to get out of bed. Nobody can see me. And I was in church, but really not in church. I was there, but I wasn't worshiping as I was used to worshiping. So I'm going to say to all of you that are watching online, if I know some of you live far away from uh, Burleson and from this area, but and I'm grateful you're watching, but some of you are in driving distance of Turning Point Church. 
I'm going to encourage you, come back to the house of God. There's nothing quite like it. Now, our governor, thank God for our governor, he's opening things up. And he's telling us that we can be back at 100% in our restaurants and in our churches. And so that's going to happen uh, this week and this next week. Now, some of you are still a little shy about coming out and being around individuals. Let me just say something. If you want to wear your mask, wear your mask. Nobody's going to mask shame you, all right? You can wear your mask. I'm going to wear my mask when I go out to eat. I'll wear it in and coming out. And when I come into church, when I come out of church, and I'll do that just to be safe. And it's not about me. It's about others. I've had my shot, both of them. And uh, I was planning to go to London uh, in the next month, but that's not going to happen. But I got my shots just in case I was able to fly. And, and so the Lord is working this out and it's time to come back to the house of God. It's time to be with family and friends because there's nothing quite like it. Amen? Well, I had them set up this tabletop for me and this chair because I just want to have a little table talk with you. I'm just going to play like I'm going to use my imagination that you're just sitting on the other side of the table from me. And I'm going to get deep here. Your pastor is a pretty deep thinker, isn't he? I know he loves to study the Word of God, and in our network of ministers, I'm president of a Church on the Rock network of ministers, and Pastor Jeff's a part of that, and when I need something theologically thought out, I always call Pastor Jeff. If I need something written up uh, that contains, you know, he's a great writer, I said, Jeff, I need you to write something for us so we can post it on our website. Uh, can you study something for us? What do you think about this? Well, today I'm going to get deep. I'm normally not that deep, but I'm going to get deep. And I'm pulling at one of my favorite theologians, Dr. Seuss. Now, I understand Dr. Seuss took a hit this week. And I'm sure they'll figure that all out. But uh, I heard a quote from Dr. Seuss. And I read to find the book that the quote came from. Because it went with my message. Uh, it's truth, and Dr. Seuss spoke this truth, and I want just to give you a quote out of this book called Happy Birthday to You. On the back cover, it says this, Today you are you. That is truer than true. There's no one alive who is youer than you. That's a pretty deep thought right there. Well, I turn in this particular book, and talking about birthdays. Well, I'm glad everybody here has a birthday, that you were born into this world. We'll talk more about that in just a minute. If we didn't have birthdays, you wouldn't be you. If you'd never been born, well, then what would you do? If you'd never been born, then what would you be? You might be a fish or a toad in a tree. You might be a doorknob or three baked potatoes. You might be a bag full of hard green tomatoes. Or worse than all of that, why, you might be a wasn't. A wasn't has no fun at all. No, he doesn't. A wasn't just isn't. He just isn't present. But you, you are you. And now that is pleasant. I want to talk about you 
I want to talk about your birthday, your physical birthday, and your spiritual birthday. You matter to God. You are important to what He is doing in the world in which we are living. He has planned for you to be involved in the world in which we live. Listen to me. No one in this room, no one watching online, you're not a mistake, no matter what you might have heard. You might have heard your parents say, oh, that was our mistake right there. You're not a mistake. God knew you were going to be born into this world. You're no accident. We can read in Psalm 139, one of my favorite passages, Psalm 139. If you've got a Bible, you can turn with me to it. Or if you've got your phone, it's always handy. And again, let me say, there's nothing like a real Bible, though, that you can hold in your hands and mark and nothing like it. But listen to Psalm 139 about you and me. Verse 13, for you formed my inward parts, the psalmist is saying to God, you covered me in my mother's womb, that is, you hedged me about, you protected me, you defended me inside my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame or my substance was not hidden from you. When I was made in secret, or in that secret place... And skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Skillfully wrought. You know what the Amplified Bible says? It says, I was in, you were embroidered with various colors. You were a tapestry that God was creating. Much like this young lady right over here is painting. This picture on this was a white canvas. I've been watching her. And she has been painting with many different colors, mixing colors together. And it's going to turn out beautiful, I just know. goes on to say, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. In your book, they were written. The days fashioned for me when as yet there was none of them. How precious are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I wake, I'm still with you. How awesome is that? God spoke to a young man named Jeremiah, probably a teenager at the time. Jeremiah said, then the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. That is, I set you apart and I ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. That was Jeremiah's assignment. Jeremiah, I'm calling you. I, I decided this long before you were born, and while you were inside your mother's womb, I was preparing you for this moment. I need you, Jeremiah, to be my prophet to my people. 
And Jeremiah accepted his responsibility, his calling, his assignment, and he became a prophet. It wasn't a pleasant assignment. He prophesied for 40 years to some ungrateful people. They put him in prison. He became known as the weeping prophet. And there were times he said, I can't do it anymore. But he said, your word was in me. Shut up my bones like fire. And I had to say something. Now, I want to say something to you. You're sitting across the table from me. It's just me and you, okay? God knew you before you were born, before you were even conceived. He began to form you inside your mother's womb. He set you aside. I got a plan for this one. He's ordained you, maybe not to be a prophet, but he's ordained you for a purpose in this world in which you live. We read it this way in Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his, what? workmanship. We are his masterpiece. We are his tapestry. We are his work of art. We were a clean canvas. And even before we were born, God, the master artist, began to paint. And he said, we are his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus for good works. This is kind of a dovetail message of Pastor Jeff's message last week about good works. We were created for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. He prepared it beforehand, before we were even born. He had a plan for you, a plan for me, an assignment we needed to fulfill. Everything, think about this, everything God created, He created with purpose in mind. When He created the angels, you know what their purpose was? What do you think the angels, I mean before the fall, what was their purpose? Created to worship God. Created to be in His glory. Created 24-7 just to worship God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And they would flap their wings. And every time they would bring glory to God. But then after the fall, they got a new assignment. Many of the angels got a new assignment. And that assignment after the fall was to be a minister to those of us who would be heirs of salvation. Now there are angels all around us ministering to us. That's their new assignment. Man was created. Adam and Eve was created. Before the fall, what were they to do? They were to bring heaven to earth. God's plan was for Adam and Eve to fill the earth with the glory of God. But then came the fall. Then came the fall, and man received a new assignment. Now his assignment was to find God. To be forgiven so he could get to work doing what God originally intended for him to do. 
bring the glory of God to this earth. That was God's plan. You were created. Listen to me. Each one of you were created. You were born into this world at the right time. God's time. We're here. Now. 2020, 2021. The strangest time in my lifetime. It's the strangest time in my lifetime. Weird. I mean, think of all the adjectives you could describe 2020 and now 2021. But God knew you would be alive in 2020 and 2021. And because he knew that, he said, I got a plan for them. I put them here on purpose. Listen, Ecclesiastes 3.11. I read it out of the Amplified Bible. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He also has planted eternity in men's hearts and minds. He's given them, and this is what it means, a divinely implanted sense of purpose. Working through the ages, which nothing under the sun but God alone can satisfy. We all were born with DNA. We have physical DNA in our bodies, but God stamped us with His DNA. Everybody that's born is stamped with the DNA of God. He's put eternity in every heart. And some of us have discovered what that eternal purpose is in our life. Aren't you glad... God found you and you found God and he's beginning to reveal to you what his plan is for your life. Some people do not have that yet. Acts 17, 26 says, And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on the face of the earth and he has determined their pre-appointed times and boundaries of their dwelling. He knew when you were going to be alive and where you were going to live. It's not an accident. That you were born where you were born at the time you were born. He said, I prearranged that. So that everyone can seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for Him. We're born in this world. We're born into darkness. Ever heard of people groping in darkness? And we were groping in darkness. He said that they might grope for him. We were groping in darkness and we found the Lord. Or should I say he found us. And the light came on. And all of a sudden we realized there's more to, to life than just the here and now. That God has an eternal purpose for us. Our first assignment was to find him. Now we received a second assignment, a new assignment, and that is to help others find Him. We all have a life assignment that will take place in our lifetime. We all have seasonal assignments. There are different seasons in our life. And we all have a daily assignment. Every day, God has something 
for you to do. That's why the scripture says you are God's masterpiece. You are his work of art. You are his tapestry. And I could go over here and ask, if she ever makes a mistake when she's painting, you ever make a mistake? Of course she does. Painting on that beautiful campus, we make mistakes sometimes. But you know what say to me about God? He never makes mistakes. Now, sometimes I think we grab his hand and he's got that brush. He's trying to paint a beautiful masterpiece. We jerk it this way and jerk it that way. We make a mess out of our lives sometimes. You know what God does? He just steps back. I can fix that. Oh, that's going to work together for good for the masterpiece I'm creating. Some of you made some huge mistakes. And you looked at your canvas and it was a mess. Think about Job. What a life Job had. And I'm sure he looked, if he could have looked at his spiritual masterpiece, God, and he said, God, what are you doing? That just looks like a mess. And he said, I wish I'd never been born. But God said, no, Job, you're here on purpose. You're here on purpose. And here I am talking about Job right now. Probably the oldest book in the Bible. We learn from Job, don't we? Don't you get comfort when you read about Job? How he went through how he went through. And God finally said, Job, listen to me. Don't question me. I'm God. You're not. I got a plan. I'm creating a masterpiece here. I'm going to show Satan that you're going to be faithful to me. And the end of that story, what was it? God blessed Job twice as much as he ever had before. You think about Elijah. God's painting this masterpiece. He's on top of Mount Carmel. He's facing off the prophets of Baal. Now, what a stroke that must have been in that masterpiece on that canvas. Then he comes down the mountain and hears that Jezebel is after him. And he just takes off as a scaredy cat. And the masterpiece seems to get a little out of whack here. And Elijah just says, God, just go ahead and kill me. I shouldn't even be alive. God didn't even answer him. He said, Elijah, just rest a moment. Eat some food here. I still got work to do. I'm not through with my masterpiece yet. We think we make a mess of things. God says, just don't give up on me. Don't quit because I'm creating something. You'll see it someday. We may not see it till we get to heaven. The masterpiece God created. All the foopas in our life. The God said, ooh, there, there was a mess right there, but look what I did with it. Ooh, look how pretty that looks now. Let me just say, God has created you on purpose. He's put a mission, eternity in your heart. He's given you an assignment, and it's up to us. It's our responsibility to discover our assignment. What is it? What's my assignment, God? You know, the good thing about God's assignment, not only does he give us assignment, but he gives us the power to fulfill the assignment. We don't have to do it on our own. Matter of fact, we couldn't do it on our own. 
His assignments are always bigger than we are. Some things he's called me to do and encouraged me to do. I'm, Ooh, I don't think I can do that. It's like Jeremiah. He said, oh, God, I can't do that. I'm just a young child. I can't speak. Moses said, God, I can't, I can't, I, I can't do that. I can stutter. How can I go to Pharaoh? He said, Moses, who created your mouth? Okay, take your brother with you. He'll be your spokesman. I'll speak to you, you speak to him, and he'll speak to Pharaoh. God gives us power to fill our life assignment, our seasonal assignments, and our daily assignment. How do we do it? How do we find our assignment? I want to leave you with this. How do we do it? We do it simply by seeking him. He said, if you seek me, you will find me. Deuteronomy 4.29 says, in the place of your bondage, you will seek the Lord and find him. Jesus says, seek me and you'll find me. You'll find your assignment. What are we here doing today? We're seeking God. It's not about just, well, I'm going to go to church. Check it off my list. Well, I made it to church. I feel better about myself. No. We're here seeking God. What do we do today? We prayed. God says, I know the thoughts I think toward you. They're good thoughts. They're not evil. I want to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call to me and you will find me when you pray. It's an opportunity to communicate with God. I love to pray. It's my time to communicate with God. My best time to pray is early in the morning. I love early mornings. Some of you like late nights. My wife likes late nights. I like early mornings. She's coming to bed when I'm getting out of bed. Often it's happened. And I like to get up early and begin to communicate with God. I begin to pray I begin to, the third thing is, I begin to delight myself in Him. And He said in Psalm 37, verse 4, delight yourself also in the Lord. And He will give you, put His desires in your heart. And He will fulfill those desires. I love to seek Him. I love to pray. I love to delight in Him. I love just to meditate in His Word. I love to go on prayer drives. Often I'll just say, I'm going on a prayer drive. My car is my sanctuary. It's my prayer closet often. I got a prayer drive I go on, and I I, I go, and I just pray, and I seek the Lord, and I'm by myself. I'm able to worship. I'm able to sing. I don't care if anybody hears me because there's nobody there. I preach to myself. I preach this message to myself 50 times already. And I preached myself happy. And I said, Lord, can I, will you let me preach it like I do in my car when I'm by myself and there's no one around and I'm not feeling any eyes on me? Can I preach it that way? I want to preach it, Lord, in a way that people will understand it, understand that you have a purpose and a plan and an assignment for them. And we do that as we seek Him, as we pray, as we delight, as we meditate on the Word of God, as we wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. And let me paraphrase it, and you'll discover your assignment. Every morning I wake up, you know what I do? I say, Lord... 
I know you've got an assignment for me today. I don't know what it is right now. Well, I'm going to ask you to show me what my assignment is today. I have a today assignment every day. I'm going to encourage you to do the same. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. This is going to happen. I promise you God's going to answer that prayer. The Bible says if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know we'll receive what we ask of him. And let me say something. He's going to answer this prayer. Because he has an assignment for you. And let me just say there's no one going to fulfill the assignment he has for you like you can. Now there's somebody else can probably do what you're going to do, but not like you can do it. Not through your personality. Not through the gifts he's given you. Not through the way you are and through your experiences. And here's what's going to happen when you pray these prayers. As you're waiting on God, there's going to come a thought in your mind. You know, I have a lot of thoughts go through this old brain of mine. Some are bad thoughts. And I know, well, that's not God. Get that out of here. Sometimes I have good thoughts go through my mind. But sometimes I say, God, now that's a good thought. But is it a God thought? Is it something you want me to do? And I ran across this scripture. It's become one of my favorite scriptures. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 3 out of the Amplified Bible. Roll your works upon the Lord. Listen to this. And he will cause your thoughts to be agreeable with his will. So when I'm in prayer, I say, Lord, I'm having some thoughts here. And if these thoughts are not your will, just remove those thoughts and let my thoughts be agreeable with your will. Because I'm praying every day, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. It's not what I want, it's what do you want. I want to be your instrument. I want to be your spokesman. I want to do what you want me to do. What's my assignment? You'll get a thought in your mind. Next thing I happen, that thought will drop into your heart. And as you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll put his what? Desires in your heart. It'll go just from a thought to a desire in your heart. And the psalmist said, and I like this, Psalm 119.32, I will not merely walk, but run the way of your commandments. I'll run the way of your will. I'll run the way of your assignment when you give me a willing heart. Comes as a thought in your mind, drops into a desire in your heart, then there'll be an opportunity before your face. God will set up divine encounters with you. God is just waiting for you. He needs you. He needs me. He needs us. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. How shall they believe unless they hear? How shall they hear unless... There is a preacher, and how shall they preach unless they are, what, sent? I'm telling you, every day, God wants to send you to your assignment. I pray, another thing I pray daily is, God, let me be an answer 
to someone else's prayer. There's a grandmother right now praying for their grandson or granddaughter. They live far away from them. They can't get to them. They may not even know where they are, but they're praying. God, would you save my grandson? Would you save my granddaughter? And that grandmother, grandfather is praying, and God puts it on my heart. I want you to talk to that young man right there. Drop a seed into him. Water some seed that his grandmother sowed into his life. Or it may be a time when God allows me to be there when they say, yes, I'm ready to give my heart to Jesus and I get to enjoy the harvest. The same goes for you. You are here on purpose. You're not an accident. God has a mission for you. You have a life assignment. We all have seasonal assignments and we all have daily assignments. You know what it took to get you into this world? There have been 80 million or so abortions since the 70s, probably 800,000, 850,000 a day. It's really actually come down. Thank God your mother did not abort you. Ever aborted child, God had a plan for their life. He did. They won't fulfill it on this earth. But what it took to get you here. I think about my mother. What did it take to get me here? My mother, for whatever reason, she had four miscarriages before she had me. I think about that. I I don't know if she'd have had me if that hadn't happened. It didn't seem like a good thing then. It seemed like one of those messed up strokes on the canvas. But God had a plan. I was his plan. I had a sister that went full term. My mother had a child, and that baby lived five minutes and then just died, and the doctor did not know why. But that seemingly mess up on the canvas of life, God said, it's okay. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to make this work together for good. I think about that. It took a lot for you to be in this room right now. Some of you were destined. Well, we all were destined for hell. Some of you, you probably shouldn't even be alive right now. If we could hear your story, how did you survive that? God had a plan. And you were in it. How awesome is that? And people, especially during this COVID time, there have been people that have cut their life short. They've committed suicide. Some have died, it seems to me, like untimely deaths. I've had some friends that did not survive COVID. We are survivors. 
Can I read to you from a Christian magazine, an article from the president of this particular magazine? He writes these words about the moments we are living in. There's a moment in the first book of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, which Frodo laments that a great evil has erupted in his generation. I wish it need not have happened in my time, he says. Gandalf responds with compassion and wisdom, and in equal measure, so do I, and so do all who live and to see such times. But that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what will we do with the time that has been given to us. This conversation between the sage and the reluctant ring bearer has come to mind of late. Today we confront a challenge unlike any we've seen in our lifetime. COVID-19 has spread around the globe with breathtaking speed. It is stealing lives, bankrupting businesses, plunging economies into chaos, shuttering churches, and changing overnight many of our most cherished patterns of life. History has thus a challenge upon us. We can only choose how we face it. God was not taken by surprise when COVID-19 hit this world of ours. God is not taken by surprise what's going on in Washington, D.C. today. It surprises me. Every time I turn on the news, I say, no, it's insane. They're really trying to pass that law? That's insanity. It's beyond common sense. How could this happen? God says, I got a plan. It may not look so good right now. I'm stepping back from this masterpiece I'm creating. And I've got some people I'm raising up. For such a time as this. You're in the kingdom. For such a time as this. I believe. Listen, I believe. Brandon, we're headed to the greatest revival we've ever seen. Our theme for our upcoming summer gathering at Church of the Rock Network of Ministry, we're going to have in Texarkana, our theme is going to be vision for revival. I have a vision for revival. I believe people out beyond these walls are so hungry, devastated by what's going on around them. Children having to do schoolwork at home, and they're just not made for that. And children are saying, I don't know what to do. I'm so far behind. Children have been committing suicide. And God says, I can fix this. Put your eyes on me. Seek me. Just talk to me. Pray to me. Just meditate in my word. I'm creating a masterpiece here. And I believe we're going to see the greatest masterpiece he's ever created in the days ahead.
A revival is going to sweep, not just in this church, but around this world. And we're going to see it. Souls coming because they're hungry. They don't know. They need an answer. And we see on the news all of the cancel culture and all of that. But I'm telling you, beyond that, there are people that are saying, Lord, what am I going to do? They're praying a prayer themselves. They're crying out themselves. And God is looking for somebody to say, God, what's my assignment today? Lead me to somebody in the grocery store, at the gas station. Lead me to somebody, Home Depot. Is there somebody I can talk to? Can I just tell somebody how much Jesus loves them? Can I talk to the down and outers? Can I find an up and outer? Let me just say, there's some people that are up and out. They got plenty of money, but they're dead on the inside. You may be an answer to their prayer. You're here on assignment. You must discover it. You must accept your assignment. You remember Mission Impossible? There's some new ones out, but I used to watch the old ones. And it would always begin with them lighting a fuse and then a recording would come on. Here's your assignment. If you choose to accept your mission or your assignment, and they would begin to explain what they were going to do. Then they would say, this message will disintegrate after you've listened to it. You know, some assignments are just temporary. We pass somebody, and God says, that's the person right there. Talk to them. Tell them I love them. And sometimes we go, oh, is that you, God? Let me just say something. If you ever feel that, the devil will never tell you to tell somebody Jesus loves them. Okay? That's God. If you have that thought, it's a God thought. I don't know how many times I've passed right on by, God thought. And by His grace, okay, I'll turn around. I've sometimes had to turn my car around. See if I can find that person I know God said to speak to. Sometimes I've come back and they're gone. That assignment has disappeared. I missed it. Then I say, God, please send somebody else to them. I'm sorry I disobeyed. I'm trying to get where I'll obey immediately. Don't think about it. Just do it. Well, you got an assignment. I'm going to give you an assignment. Let's seek God together. Let's pray. Let's meditate in this word. Let's ask him, what is my assignment? Your pastor has an assignment. You know what it took for him to get here? Pastor Jeff, what did it take for him to get here? He was headed for a devil's hell till God found him in a juvenile detention center. God raised him up. Started a church. There was a little, in that particular church, he started two churches. Great churches. Three churches, actually. He started one, and there was a little, little, little fupa. God said, that's all right. Jeff, I can fix that. Just wait on me. Then he raised up Turning Point Family Church. He's creating a masterpiece here. Some of you that are watching, you're supposed to be a part of this masterpiece. We're in this together. 
I'm going to come over here and look at our painting. Wow. I couldn't do this. To have something that has a gift, and it's a gift of worship. She's worshiping God through her gift. She's touching lives through her gift. She came in with a blank canvas, added all these colors to it, put a message on it. She did that. Just like God does it for you. You're God's masterpiece. Don't quit now. Amen? Can we stand together? Somebody... It's not just maybe somebody. There's somebody in this room. As you're groping for something. I'm telling you, you're groping for God. You've not discovered, first of all, His salvation. But today's the day God brought you here to reach out to Him Regardless of where you think you are, regardless of how dark it may look, there's light shining in right now. God brought you here to hear the message that God loves you. God has a plan for your life. He has an assignment for you. Everybody say, for me. Just say, for me. Think about it. He has an assignment for you. Your first assignment is to acknowledge Jesus as Lord and Savior. Father, I pray for anyone in this room right now. They've never called out upon your name. They don't know that they are forgiven of their sin. But Lord, today's a day they can know it. Right now, right now. The Bible says, Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Just call out on his name right now. Just say, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, forgive me. He does. He will. He has.